Well, hey there, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast. I'm your host for today, J.P. Gaylord. We've got a great show for you today. We'll be touching on questions from Genesis 3 and 4 that very likely don't have an answer, but we'll try and make some up anyway. We're joined today by Josh Tovey. How's everybody doing? Glad you're here. Charles Kirby. Hey, everybody. And our favorite worship leader, Steve Bush. Salutations. Phil Phil Wickham, if you're listening, very sorry, but Steve did beat you out in a recent survey, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to have a fun time today, I think. We've already had a fun discussion. Unfortunately, it wasn't captured on tape. So uh, we are going to start things off with a game that I got for my family called Super Fight. It's a great game. It's a card game. And um, it all it ended up doing was resulting in our family fighting. I don't know if you guys have <laughs> ever had games like that that are like, hey, this is going to be great. And you start playing and you realize... All it's doing is qu- causing quarrels and strife among you, which I think James talks about. But that's probably a different podcast issue, uh, different podcast episode. We'll talk about that. All right. So what we're going to do is uh, we have character cards and we have powers slash weakness cards. Uh, each one of us is going to draw one character card. So go ahead and do that. You can draw from anywhere in the deck. You can look at it if you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you need to draw two uh, power slash weakness cards. And uh, basically, oh, this is going to be good. I am super excited about this one. Uh, we are going to pit our characters against each other uh, and see who would win. So here's what we'll do. Uh, Charles, we'll have you and Steve fight first. Josh and I will decide who wins between your two characters. Okay. Charles, who is your person? Uh, mine is a werewolf. You are a werewolf. Yes, with... that's correct. And I have the ability to breathe fire and I can dig and run through tunnels with super speed. Steve, I hate to say it, but this doesn't look good for you. What's Wait, yours? could you read those again? You're sure. a werewolf? I'm a werewolf uh-huh. who can breathe fire okay. and I can dig and run through tunnels with super speed. That's so much cooler than mine. <laughs> what is yours? Mine is, I am Bruce Lee... Okay. I have jellyfish instead of hands, <laughs> but I don't have any arms. So I have jellyfish coming out of my shoulders, but I'm Bruce Lee. I can still can kick and I lose. Werewolf wins, right? <laughs> I, I, can, I have to concede Josh is dying at the, the word picture of jellyfish coming out of your shoulders. Well, couldn't you slap the werewolf with your tentacle? If arms? you can catch him, he's running at super speeds through tunnels. Breathing fire at me? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. The breathing fire thing's probably going to do you in. Either way, I want to see Bruce Lee. He's dead. But I want to see someone with jellyfish for hands. All right. So uh, you guys get to vote. You get to vote. I think we vote. Fish hands wins. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I mean, if I, how many times will it take to slap you in the face? With Seriously, a fish? it's a jellyfish too. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yep. yeah, that'll think, kill me. I, I think Charles. I'm dead. Werewolf probably is a little tougher than. I mean, Bruce Dickey just kicks till he still got his legs. All that's going to happen is the werewolf is going to be like, "Oh, this stings! Ow, oh, stop! Stop!" Right. That's all that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, but Josh does bring up a good point. You shouldn't be making points for your opponents. Okay, sorry. He does still have his legs. True. This is also a werewolf. Let me just remind you. Let <laughs> I me mean, also just... Listen. Just being a werewolf is pretty formidable. He yes. also breathes fire. I agree. 
and runs okay. through tunnels. So with he burned off <laughs> his legs, and he's always left his his body with. Not to mention hands. the yep. the claws and biting and turning. Okay, you and Charles, you win. I'm just All right, we get it. It's a bloody he's, scene. Yep, Charles wins. <laughs> All right, you want to go first? Who's your character? Right, I got Emperor Penguin. Awesome. This doesn't help me. Is Amish and. <laughs> Is that a power or a weakness? That's both. That's got to be. And there's a hundred of them. So there's a a hundred penguins that are Amish. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I am fighting a hundred Amish penguins. All right. (laughs) I am MacGyver. Yes. Oh, Uh, never mind. My favorites. But uh, I think this is going to end up being a weakness card. The top half is, this is a real card. The top half is uh, the Kardashians and he shoots acid. Ooh. You got two character cards? Well, the, this one says the top half is, and then play another character card from the hand. So I drew another character so card. Bottom half MacGyver, top half a Kardashian, and what's the last? No, card? not just a Kardashian, the Kardashians, uh, the, the whole family, family. the whole family. Okay, okay. So, wow. Uh, and the last one is shoots acid. I would just say, yeah, but you're can super, that defeat you, 100 Amish? Emperor penguins. <laughs> I would say that they need to go to counseling. That's what they need yeah, to do. Yeah, probably. If they can all agree at when to shoot acid, I think I totally probably win. They would shoot themselves. Yep. <laughs> Either way, I'm rooting for the penguins. Yeah, in this <laughs> penguins. They are ingenious, so I'm going to give it to the penguins. There's 100 of them. Penguins. And they're Amish. <laughs> the, wait, you're really going penguins? I'm going penguins. There's but I one, shoot acid. 100 Amish penguins but we will the defeat you. Kardashians can't probably work together. Do not underestimate the Amish. They can build a fortress. Mm-hmm. I would argue that MacGyver's technical know-how and his ability to but construct it's gone. it. It's gone. It's, it's, you literally lost gone. it his technical and replaced not it in his with toes. an arguing oh, family. Wow, huh. <laughs> it's just Kardashian. So that yeah, totally yeah. negates the MacGyver. Yeah. So Are he's got be- jeans on, but has the top half of the Kardashians. Are that does nothing for you. Are you putting your life in the Kardashians' hands? Is that what you're going to do? No, I assumed it was still the... Uh, the know-how of MacGyver in Mm-mm. the form of the Kardashians. Yeah, you MacGyver's wow. kneecaps. Yeah, you oh. lost all of it. That's, Sorry, the penguins right. win. Well, it was worth a shot. That's <laughs> These are emperor penguins. They're yeah. huge. <laughs> That's right. But then we have to go penguin versus... Penguin the, versus the big, werewolf. No, no, we'll yeah. draw new ones for, the, for our battle. All right, yeah, go for it. Yes. Draw new ones. All right. Or we could, we could go for a third place one, Steve. Well, I'm figure out who would who would win between Bruce Lee with jellyfish arms and MacGyver. Okay. With the uh, the Kardashians. All right, what you got, Charles? I got uh, Miley Cyrus. Oh boy, with only one leg, <laughs> but wearing an impenetrable tuxedo. Okay. Steve's having no, no, no. This is going to be Charles and Josh oh. fighting it off. Okay, let's see it, Josh. I have a swarm of killer bees. Okay. Armed with a cattle prod and riding <laughs> riding an alien. That that wins. Okay. <laughs> you and I Yeah, the, the I one-legged Miley in her tuxedo. With an impenetrable tuxedo is killer not going to swarm of bees. Yeah, I died. Cattle prod. I don't care. All riding an alien. Yeah. <laughs> Before I knew that this was going to be a battle between you, Josh, and you, Charles, the one I picked up was I'm a hipster who screams the names of attacks before using them. 
<laughs> and I have a tongue that can stretch and move at will. But that's awesome. Like karate chop, <laughs> swinging leg. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so who won between you guys? Uh, I think the swarming killer yeah, bees yeah. are killer probably going to kill like Miley Cyrus. Sorry. <laughs> nice. This is a fascinating game. It is. Uh, you, and is there a winner to the game, or you just there it's are decided a few different ways vote. to play? I don't think we actually have the instructions anymore. Um, yeah, so you just you draw cards. The game is called Super Fight. Super Fight. So it must just be based on everyone votes on who they think is the best one, and yeah, got to win is. so many it's rounds. Kind of like so apples to apples. Right? To apples. Everybody kind of votes. Has no yeah. skill. Yeah. Just. Right. Right. But awesome. I mean, it, there are always creative ways to think about you know. Yeah. Like Bruce Lee having jellyfish arms and why that might actually be an advantage. Yes. But apparently well, not against bees werewolf. Killer aliens is fantastic. <laughs> I, just, I still want to see the hipster with the, the flannel and the skinny jeans and pointy boots yelling the names of his attacks before he <laughs> uses them. Uh-oh, Charles just got one. Charles just created one, and he's Canada. Sorry if you're Canadian out there. Sorry. Please don't be offended. My wife. Trisha Bush, you're armed with a kitten cannon, and you throw 200 mile an hour fastballs. Yes, yes, <laughs> I like it. Canada. I like it. All right. Well, that was fun. We might bring that back. Uh, we might not. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we do need to celebrate the last episode we did, entitled "The Sexuality Episode." Uh, already has. It's one of our like top five episodes. So. Apparently, we were hitting on things that are... Controversial. Controversial. Uh, often asked questions. Uh, so, good job. Did we get any questions submitted on, on that? Or dislike? You can't like or dislike an episode. Yeah, yet. I don't think you can. Uh, but apparently, it kept people's interest because lots of people listened. All right. Well, let's jump into our topic for, for, for today. Uh, we've gone through Genesis 3 and Genesis 4 over the past, what, two weeks uh, during sermons. And there are a lot of weird things in those. Uh, so we want to ask some questions that maybe children, maybe adults, we're not going to name names, uh, had as a result of going through Genesis 3 and 4. All right, Genesis 3. The first question we've got for you guys, our, our experts, did all the animals talk in the garden, right? Because you've got the snake who just kind of comes up, or it's Satan in the form of a snake who starts talking to Adam and Eve, and they don't seem the least bit bothered by the fact that there's a talking animal. Can somebody help me understand this? I like to... I was going to say, it sounds like a fantastic question for you we have to answer. We have, I have my own theories, because that logic does make sense to me. Right, that they were yeah. not thrown off by um, a snake talking to them. But then I often wonder, like, what was it like in two chapter two when Adam named the animals if they could talk? You know, so it's like, hey, you're a lion, you're a tiger, you're a hippo. I don't want to be a hippo. No, you're going to be a hippo. That's that's who you're going to be because I, I decided I'm Adam. I have the authority, right? So I I don't know how. I, I'll keep saying to every one of these questions, God's told us what he wants us to know. But we can make lots of speculation. And it is very interesting that the snake in the or Satan in the form of a serpent talks to Adam and Eve and she's not thrown off by that. Okay. Right? That's always caused me to question if animals could talk in the garden. 
Well, and since we're in the world of speculation, I always like to imagine that conversation has to be being had in like a gangster accent. Okay. Look at the hippos got, hey, you guys, I don't want to be a hippo. Hey, over by there. You know, there's just a, there's a heavy accent of him not wanting to be calling, called a hippo. But The previously used accent is not endorsed by Redemption Church or its leadership. It has not been checked for inappropriate or offensive content and should be engaged with at the consumer's own risk. It might risk. be offensive. It might, I don't want to, I'm not worried about offending gangsters. But you know, maybe yeah, everything goes back to the garden, right? So, oh, any kind, any kind of voice, speech had to come from somewhere. Yeah. So maybe Adam had all these different ways to talk to Eve. Maybe. I would agree with Josh. It it seems that they're not thrown off by it, so I would lean. There's something going on that um, was normative, somewhat about that. All right, Charles. Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's. It's deep. There's obviously so many theories. Some believe it was like a, a representation of a divine creature that they met with. Um, that depends on how you look at that, so that it would be more like an angelic. I mean, we know that the serpent is likened to Satan, so he is an angelic being. Uh, but the problem is, is that it does say he's more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. So that kind of limits... And now some people assume that he uh, possessed a, I guess that would lead to another question, but a creature and then spoke to them. I, I think it would be fascinating to talk to animals. I don't think it's common. Maybe Balaam's donkey is another reiteration. He's not surprised that the donkey's talking to him, but that doesn't mean that animals were talking on a regular basis when Balaam was there. I mean, he just has a normal conversation with it. Like... Why are you hitting me? And he goes, because you're not moving. Like that just is like a normal conversation for Balaam. There's no indication. It just says the Lord opened his mouth to speak. Yeah. Hmm. So I think that that's an abnormal thing. But yet Balaam asks, acts like it's totally normal to talk to his donkey. Okay. It's fun so, to wonder. It's fun to think about. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Charles, you hit on this a little bit. What is the deal? Because uh, it talks about the serpent. Talking mm -hmm. with Adam or with Eve primarily. Yeah. Is it an animal? I mean, is it Satan in the form of an animal? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the punishment uh, that it will crawl on its belly for the rest of its life yeah. uh, is then passed along to all serpents. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll ask that question maybe Who after are all this. All demonic. All serpents. Mm. All demon possessed. Demon possessed, yes. All right. Well, we've got clarification on that, <laughs> wow. fortunately. Uh, so, yeah, what's the deal? Is this Satan? Is this a an animal? Is this a combination of the two? Yeah. The hard part is that the serpent... So if you read all of Genesis or even the whole Pentateuch or I think most of the Old Testament, it never indicates the serpent as a satanic being. That is really only in the book of Revelation where it says the serpent of old. And then it likens what the serpent is like. So you could say that he's a prefigured satanic being, if you want to say that, or it is a satanic, um, I think it's, I think personally it's Satan coming to deceive because of the terminology of how he is described as crafty, but then also the statement that Eve makes, the serpent deceived me. I mean, he is the deceiver. That's very clear throughout the story. Uh, that she was deceived by the serpent, which is his main 
uh, I would say his priority among people is to deceive them. But yeah, what what he is and why he's cursed, I don't think. The hard part is that the curse and saying that on your belly you will go, uh, as if he had legs or like a dragon prior to this is kind of hard because then it says that dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Snakes don't eat dust. So I think it's just being a fact of it is a humiliation that Satan is going to experience over and over and over again. And so he's always going to be a defeated enemy throughout his life, even though he might raise up and do things that are evil. Ultimately, he is going to be put under the feet of, well, us, as Paul writes, but also under the Lord Jesus. And he will always be subjected to humiliation for the rest of his life. So you're seeing the curse as much more kind of poetic and more of an analogy than meant to be taken literally, although there are still literal... Yeah, it's it's hard because again, some of this aspect is, as you said, it is poetic, but there's descriptions of this curse that are very clear. Like cursed are you above all livestock, above all beasts of the field. So there's a distinguishing mark as Steve said, like people typically don't like snakes. Snakes are almost always depicted as an evil creature, always. Like that's shocking, right? I mean, spiders are probably close to the same thing, but- Preach it. Yeah, but but but- snakes are always seen as an evil creature or cursed in most stories as a antagonist, not a good thing to have a snake come. Yeah, that's interesting. Are there any stories where a snake represents something good? I mean, only, I think in the New Testament where Jesus says, as the serpent was raised in the wilderness, so will I be raised. But he's, John 3, that's the only- but he's saying this in order to say that I will actually become cursed. Oh yeah. So it's not a positive, positive thing. Yeah. It's actually as this cursed object was put up for salvation, so I will be cursed and raised. Which hmm. is then referencing the story in Numbers where God yes. sent the serpents, fiery serpents yes. to right. the people. Which are they, used as judgment. As judgment, they had to look back at the pole. And so, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting yeah. story. Interesting thoughts. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, if Adam and Eve only ate of the trees, are we meant to be vegans? And before uh, I toss it over to you guys, Sean Stacy asked an interesting question. My question for Josh and Justin is uh, cheeseburgers. I love cheeseburgers and same, share the same heart in that. In the Garden of Eden, when there was no death, there would have been no burgers. And so as we arrive in the kingdom... Uh, in heaven, if there is no more death, mourning, um, are there going to be cheeseburgers? Okay, so a question related uh, specifically to cheeseburgers uh, and whether or not there were cheeseburgers in the garden. And if we're returning to the garden, uh, will there be no cheeseburgers in heaven? I like cheeseburgers. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) End of answer. I think we know in the garden... Oh, that's good. We know in the garden that I I think they were vegetarian or whatever. They were eating of the trees that God gave them. Vegetarian right? or vegan? I'll just say they were eating of the trees that God gave them, and there was probably not meat-producing trees, which would have been awesome if we would have done that. Right, but isn't that's vegetarian. Right. Isn't vegan like animal products, like eggs and cheese and things yeah. like that? So if Adam and Eve had figured out how to make cheese, could they have eaten it? Yes. Sure. I don't. Yeah, there's no statement in the Bible to say do not have cheese. 
Right, but doesn't doesn't it say something like I've given you like all of the yes. the plants yes. as food? Yes. But then there's the discovery of creation and the utilization of it for human flourishing, which could include using what animal happens, milk. What and, happens when the chickens lay the egg? Yeah. So that's what would happen. You would then discover, which we have over time, like cultures have discovered ways to utilize creation to eat it. Now, granted, I don't think meat was included until after the flood. flood right, we right. see that. That's very clear. Yeah. So no, they did not eat. They did not kill to eat animals prior to, uh, I guess, the command of God, which is interesting because then you have an altar sacrifice of, you know, Cain or Abel offering an animal. So he's killing, but he's not eating it. He's yeah. just burning it up. So what you're saying is they could have had like a soy cheeseburger, but not a real cheeseburger. In other words, they wouldn't have had a cheeseburger because okay. that's not even the same thing. <laughs> how, how dare you? Uh, that's awful. The previously cited opinion is not <laughs> is, is is endorsed by redemption. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it still goes back to the question, were we made to be vegetarian slash vegan? And is that how we're all going to end up in heaven anyway? Well, I... Noah was told to eat. You know what I mean? So on some level, living in a sinful world, I don't think we're necessarily called to be vegan right now. Someone can choose that if they want to do that for whatever health purposes and reasons they want. Yeah. The greater question is less about what's happening now because I think we're allowed to eat meat, we're allowed to be vegan if we want, whatever you want to do. It's going to be what is going to exist in heaven. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the greater tension of the question. Heaven's described as a city. Heaven is described, so that speaks to a culture, that speaks to things that we love about a city. That's the descriptor that God gave for us to understand what heaven will be like. We often think of sitting on clouds playing harps, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be the thing. I think we're going to have a job. I think we're going to be working and love it, love it in a perfect culture, in a perfect environment where there is no sin. And so the things that we love about visiting places I think are going to be super fun um, as it relates to heaven. So will food be there to be fun too is, is really the question. Will, will food be a part of that? Yeah. I guess the question I would ask is, uh, since we'll be patterned after Jesus and his glorious body, is Jesus currently needing to eat? Because if he is... You can make the argument that there will not be food. Yeah, you could even say there's no food. Isn't in, there going to be a feast in heaven? Well, there's. if you look at the marriage supper of the lamb, yeah. it's actually for the birds of the sky coming to eat the flesh of the kings of the earth. But other than that, yeah. That's, that's wow. Well, that it. was a dark turn to the Sorry, podcast. It's just <laughs> Revelation chapter nineteen. Yeah, that's that's the feast of the marriage supper of the lamb. We'll answer that question I, on next week's podcast. I think, well, I think we'll get to eat. That's my opinion. I think we will eat too. I just don't know if it's. I just don't think to, we'll eat for. We won't eat for sustenance. We'll eat out of enjoyment. Correct. Yeah. The, I can't uh, wait. Yeah, a messianic great. feast is going to, to happen. To intake without growing outward Ooh, will be awesome. I like that idea. I also am mindful of James James 1 where it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And I believe one of those perfect gifts is meat. <laughs> totally taking yeah, out of context. I just don't get quite as pumped up cooking veggies over fire as I do meat over fire. So I'm planning on being a chef when I get to heaven. Oh, that I like it. my job. I have to cook over fire. A 6'4 for, chef. chef. Uh, uh, for all my friends. <laughs> and I'm going to be 6'4". Or I might just be five foot six. I might just be exactly as I am now. So. Awesome. So I think we're what, like three, four questions in and we have no concrete answers? That is, that is correct. <laughs> this is the best we, podcast. We said that before we started that these were going to yeah. be guesses, right? Yep. Uh, 
Okay, this one's total speculation, but I'm just interested to hear what you guys think. Uh, how long do you think it went before Adam and Eve sinned? Ooh. It had to have been less than 130 years. We know that from Genesis chapter 5. Okay. Because <laughs> Seth was born when Adam was 130 years old. All right. So there you go. It limits it to 130 years prior to Well, obviously then he had Cain and Abel outside of the garden, so it had to be less than that. Yeah, Genesis 5. All right. There you go. Concrete. So, so we've got a range. <laughs> we don't know the age, though. Genesis 4 doesn't tell us an age of when they had Cain and Abel. Yeah. But we, it does say in Genesis 5, the 130 years of when they had Seth. So mm. there is a little bit of a timeline there. All right. Well, what are you guys' thoughts? Was it like God created them and then the next day? It seems to be pretty soon, which is sad. Yeah. I, I don't think, because they couldn't have eaten from the tree of life. So they didn't do that. So it must not have been a priority of them to eat of it. But it also they didn't seems eat like it. they they were deceived pretty easily. Yeah, you know, from a basic conversation. So if they had years and years and years of a solid commitment of following the 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 direction of the Lord, it doesn't seem like they'd be that thwarted from a conversation. Yeah. So I would agree, probably early. Okay. Josh, any thoughts? I, yeah, I, I'm gonna guess early, but I don't know. I don't know what that means. Is that a is that a week? Is that a month? Yeah. So, it's not. I guess it depends on how old the Earth is, right? Yes. Yeah, so oh. How do you measure a year, and how much is a day, and when does a day start, and how do you spell day? <laughs> exactly. All right, Steve's exactly. throwing some questions out for us to <laughs> answer. <laughs> I love the accent. Yeah. D A Y. I don't know. I kind of like to spell day D E I G H. Nice. Yeah. Kind of like a horse, nays. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, all right, let's jump into Genesis 4. Uh, the story of Cain and Abel, or really just the story of Cain, because Abel doesn't really do or say much in this chapter except die. Uh, what was the mark that God put on Cain? So after Cain kills Abel uh, and he and Cain and God talk, uh, God banishes Cain, right? And Cain's worried about getting killed uh, by somebody else and God puts a mark on him. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Is it like a cool tattoo? I I think it probably was a physical mark on his body for people to know, some kind of mark of God to say, don't touch this man. What's also interesting, too, is at this point, we know because he, he fled to a city, there's some sort of societal societal development. I wonder if there was something in the culture at that time that signified like a marked man, like don't touch or whatever. He settled He settled in the land of Nod. He went and he built a city. So right. that makes sense. So what's, yeah, that's an, uh, those right. I'm just, yeah, how, how would people know right. if there wasn't some sort of understanding of, oh, that mark means don't touch him? Mm-hmm. Somehow it had to be clear, right? Unless, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't officially know what the mark would have been. Huh. Interesting. Any thoughts, Charles? Uh, only the fact that he was well known. Like even later on, when Lamech talks about Cain's revenge, he's later down the line, and he goes back to the same thing that he knew of Cain's heritage of being protected by God mm-hmm. in his murder. So whatever it was, it was definitely known, 
so that no one would actually come against him, which I think it does go back to this idea of the avenger of blood um, because that same thing was happening with the, I was just reading about this, that you have cities of refuge set up, six of them in Israel and Judah, and you would go there and you would find a place of refuge there. And then when the high priest died, you could leave the city and not be murdered. Well, how would you know that that guy can't be murdered anymore unless there was, in a sense, a mark that was placed on this person as well that would be similar to say this guy is clear from the necessary punishment of being killed for that person. And so I think Cain is given a very similar reality so that other people who would want to kill him because of his murdering, which was justice, as we read after Gen or, uh, the flood or a life for a life. And these people would have read that in that context and known this, but here he is receiving grace of staying alive, even though he deserves to be murdered. So it was a mark, I would say more of grace than of judgment. So All whatever right. that, again, physical, I don't know, but I think it was born on him somehow. Brand. Yeah, something I, like that. I think it does speak to the common grace in his God gave grace in his life, even though he didn't want anything to do with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Interesting. But we at least agreed that it's probably a physical mark, right? It had to have been visible at some point. Yeah. Or some, for some, yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Interesting. Uh, here's an awkward question. Who did Cain marry? His wife. I think yeah, that's what the text says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Very I, smart answer. I think that's what I it says. I think there's... there's <laughs> It's a very interesting debate and questions to ask. And again, we'll give the disclaimer. God's communicated what he wants us to know. But who did he build a city with? And who did he marry? Yeah. Are important questions. So there's... Right, because Cain is the first child of Adam and Eve. Or one of the first two he's children. He's the first one. Yeah. Abel's dead. Cain's yeah. the only one left. And he leaves to go to the land of Nod mm -hmm. to settle there. And they then build a city. His family, Cain's family, his kids, they're skilled people with music and they're skilled with building things. They're inventors. But what's unique about it is who did he marry? So either there's one of two answers. We know that in the text there are sons and daughters that Adam and Eve had that are not necessarily listed. So either he married his sister or... There's other people on the earth that God's not speaking about in his word. I think those are the two options. Yeah. So that, the second option begs the question, if there are other people, uh, where did they come from? Correct. That's why I think it's probably more likely that they married family. Okay. Uh, anyone want to take a shot at that? <laughs> Let's read the disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, read the disclaimer. I don't. I don't know. You know, it's fun to talk about. I think this a stuff. lot of things back in biblical times were obviously very culturally different than yeah. even like the age in which people got married. Mm -hmm. Just so radically different than what we can conceive of. And I think probably the same was going on in early biblical times too. Yeah. I mean, the years they live is significantly different than us too. Yeah, the that's years. true. I think the hard part too is we don't have like ages, like how old were Cain and Abel when this whole event took place. There's uh -huh. no. No understanding. They, who knows? Like we just picture them as like young adults because young adults are more likely to do this than any other age group apparently. Flannel graph, as a kid would have told me they were probably like 15. There you go. So the flannel graph doesn't lie. So Old therefore they were. <laughs> but, that's, but that is the question. Like, so you've got this passing of Abel and then he has, they have Seth and then you have other sons and daughters, like according to the biblical text. What, 
How long did Cain wander until he built the city? How long was Cain around until he got married? Like, again, all of these questions, unknown. Sure. Who knows? Who knows what age Cain built the city? Like, we just assume that one thing passed right immediately to the next. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, we know that building a city takes a while. At least I hope it does. Was it Rome wasn't built in a day, right? So this whole idea of, like, building something is going to take many years. But as Josh said, Adam is living to be 930 years old. So there's a long right. passing. Plus, uh, who is it? One of the people, they didn't even get married or even have kids. What was it? Noah didn't even have kids until he was like a couple hundred years old. And so you're like, the, I mean, again, we're just assuming, 500. yeah, 500, 500 years old. old. So just thinking about this, there's no indication that Cain had to have gotten married immediately after this whole event. He could have waited a couple hundred years wandered, and then as Adam and Eve are having other sons and daughters, obviously there's a daughter that they had that raised up into a woman and he married her. So that's just normal. Or it could have been other people got married and then it's a third cousin by that time sure, right. that Cain yeah. marries. You know, you're just, I mean, who knows? Text huh. indicates none of it. All it says is he got married and had a kid. Yeah. Uh, lots of interesting questions. Uh, Unfortunately, no, no solid answers. It can't be. But no. I mean, like Josh is saying, you know, God wants us. We have what God wants us to have. Yeah. Uh, just You're seeing of, the line of the serpent and the line of the, savior the, the woman. Yeah. yeah coming. And yeah. that's what you need to see. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Line of the serpent versus line of the woman. Yeah. That's huh. what you're seeing. All right. Uh, if Cain was mad at God for not accepting his sacrifice, why did he kill Abel? Because he can't kill God. That's right. your answer. Right. His anger was actually, he took his anger that he had towards God out on his brother. Yeah. His jealousy. I think that was, I mean, I think as James, you mentioned it, like this is what causes quarrels and fights among you. And he says, you even murder because you don't have the things that you want. And so he looks at his brother and he goes, I didn't get what you got. I didn't get God's favor. You're the problem. And he didn't care whether or not God looked at him well. He just said, I need to take you out. And that's exactly huh. what John says, is that he's a murderer from the beginning. Don't hate your brother like Cain. He just wanted to take him out. So jealous okay. of his brother. Interesting. All right. Uh, one last question. Uh, kind of a broad one. What is the deal with, uh, I don't know how to say it, Lamech? Mm -hmm. Lamech? Lamech. Lamech. Yeah. So there's two of them. Genesis 4, Lamech actually takes two wives for himself. So he's the first person that we see described in the Bible as having more than one wife, I believe. And then, so I'm not sure if that's what the question, there's not a lot of clarity there, but Lamech is also the name of Noah's father. So I'm not sure what the question, you know, probably re referring to what we see in Genesis 4 at the end that we didn't talk about this past week's my guess. Yeah, yeah, the guy who, what, further down from Cain yeah. Yeah. Uh, seems to be a pretty bad dude. Using biblical terms, I mean. Yeah, you see everything about the family, though. Like, you know, the forger of all instruments. Uh, hmm. Yeah, there's just some interesting dynamics re re related to him. So, And Lamech comes up. Charles, what's the interpretation there in verse 23 of chapter 4? Where Lamech said to his wives, Hear my voice, your wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have killed a man. For wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's vengeance is sevenfold, then Lamech's 
is 77-fold, right? So there's... Yeah. There's, there's, it makes a strong character there. <clears throat> yeah. He's actually a... I mean, he is the epitome of arrogance and pride because he's murdering people for the most minuscule offenses is what he's doing. So when he talks about like wounding me and striking me, those words are not like they got in a fight. It's more like even an attempt of insult or someone accidentally running into him, he's going to murder you. Like this guy's crazy. I mean, he's really, and he's boasting to two wives, which again, the first indication of a twist in the creative design of God of having a man and a woman becoming one flesh. He's now taking two, which is a big indication too. And these wives are seen as basically slaves underneath his, his fist. So he's telling, like, why is he saying this to his wives, right? So this is like a threat, right? Ada, Zilla, hear my voice, you wives. Listen to what I say. You think I'm going to be a nice, caring husband? I kill people for striking me. Like he's really like being an absolute fullness of the curse of where the man is going to rule over the wife, right? Like this is just a nutcase. But then you've also got this guy who, when he boasts about the revenge that God shouldn't act on him, well, if Cain was protected by God sevenfold, I should have 77 fold. In other words, God should be my defender even more so, which is again, inciting God to act in greater grace than he ever does. I mean, this guy's nuts. I mean, he's literally nuts. And yet here he is at the end of the serpent's line. You're like, yay, this guy's great. <coughs> yeah. All right. It's true. What we see happening here is the line of Satan. We coming, see coming through the way of Cain, which we talked about this week. And then you see it happening with Lamech. Right. And ultimately, Satan's plan, even though God told him what was going to happen, he didn't lay down quietly and, and, and take the beating of what was going to be for eternity. He's, he, he's, he did everything he could to stop the line of the Messiah. Right. And so it looks like after Cain murders Abel, that's the way of the servant, the way of Cain. Hmm. It looks like it's done. Now Cain is gone. God's done with him. He's done with God. Adam and Eve are left with no kids. But then you get, you have Lamech, things are going really bad. And then all of a sudden, Adam and Eve conceive and bear another son named Seth. Yeah. Okay. And God is continuing his line through through the third son that we see listed in the scriptures, I should say. Yeah. So yeah, that, uh, rather than just looking this, at these as like random stories that happen near the beginning of humanity, like it is really interesting to look at this as, you know, this battle between good and evil and the line of uh, the woman versus the line of, of the serpent and how, how difficult it was, uh, I guess, for good to, not difficult in the sense that like, man, God almost lost, but it, it looked bad. And when the, the reign or the line of the serpent takes over, uh, it's, it gets bad real fast. And that's the point of Cain. Like everything now, that whole line is a mess. The line, the, the line of Cain is, is, is messy. And you even see it. Like after he knew his wife, she conceived and bore Enoch. And when he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. He didn't name it after God. He hmm. didn't care anything about what God had to say or think. And that's the next verse after what we talked about this past hmm. week. You know what I mean? So God's not part of the equation at all yeah. in, in his life, right? And so it's just the sin breeds sin and it just keeps going and advancing through hmm. his family line. Yeah, I think one of the amazing things though about Cain's line is 
uh, I would say the common grace of God in humanity, because you do see, and you mentioned it a little bit, is that as you see um, in verse 20, especially of Genesis chapter four, you have this guy Jabal or Jabal, and he was the father of those who dwell in tents, have livestock. That's a guy who is basically starting a business outside of a city because he would be like the guy because your livestock didn't go into the city with you. So he was in a sense like your valet parker for your livestock. And so he's making a business by taking care of livestock outside of a city, which was normal. Most of the Israelites would have known. In fact, in, in Egypt, they were in the land of Goshen outside of Egypt. They were despised out there, but that's where they took care of the flocks. And so they would have read this and go, oh, that's, that's what we do. We actually do that very thing, or we did that. And then you have another guy who was the father of those who play the lyre and the pipe. So here's musical instruments. Like civilization involves musical expression. This, forger, the yeah. forger of instruments. And, and this is the reality, like this is a pagan line. And yet they are the ones who are, God's choosing them to bring about civilization, not for even in a sense, his own glory. And we would utilize this same development for the glory of God. But don't be surprised that the world doesn't use that same civilization for the advancement of self. And so that's the pull you have in this aspect. And then you have obviously the bronze and iron instruments of bronze and iron. Again, a key aspect of civilization is the ability to build, to fight, to defend, like to have war, like cities are built upon this even to this very day. This is all coming through a pagan line. Hmm. So God is allowing common grace to be expressed to pagans for the advancement of civilization in the world. So the creation mandate is actually going forward in the midst of pagans because God is that amazing with his common grace and goodness to humanity. That's pretty deep. That uh, seems like that could be a, a podcast subject in and of itself. God using, using the pagan world to advance civilization. All right. Well, I think that's about all the time we have. We want to thank you for joining us here on The Post. If you haven't already, we'd encourage you to click follow, subscribe, or like on your podcasting app to make sure you get notified when we release an episode. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear those. Just connect with us via email, info at redemptionmi.org, or you can send us a message on social media, at RedemptionMI on Facebook and RedemptionChurchMI on Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.